Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs. Great to have you with us today. We begin this week, I'm sorry to say, with the prospect of global destruction. Vladimir Putin is threatening the world with nuclear weapons. And, of course, we all wish Putin wouldn't do that. Global destruction seems to almost everyone to be a little overdone, well beyond inconsiderate. And obviously, oblivion is hardly a commensurate response to Ukraine's magnificent defense of their country for seven months against the Russian invaders. This week, we entered the eighth month of Russia's war on Ukraine, and the Russian people seem to be growing impatient with Putin and his losing war. Americans are certainly getting tired of Joe Biden's economy. Already in recession, the Fed is fighting a losing war against inflation, driven in large measure by Biden's massive spending programs. And the Fed's interest rate hikes will only punish working men and women, small business owners, and our middle-class families through higher prices for food, transportation, housing, rents, just about everything. And, oh, yes, the Biden stock market. The stock market, believe it or not, is already having the worst year in history, and we have a few months to go. Biden is obviously trying to destroy the country. Have no doubt. He sells strategic petroleum reserve oil to the Chinese, millions of barrels. Why? He's sending more of our troops to Europe. Why? Inviting millions of illegal immigrants to invade our southern border. Again, why? and can't put together coherent sentences often enough to be comprehended. Biden is outright scary. He's creepy, and he's getting worse. And the mockingbird media pretends he's just fine. No dementia, no impairment, not twisted. Do you wonder if the American people will ever get fed up with all the madness Biden has unleashed in this country? What will it take? Most Americans say the 2020 election was rigged, but whatever happened was so massive that without major breakthroughs and a full-scale investigation, it will be a while before we know the truth, I'm afraid. To me, it appears the 2020 election was a straight-out successful takeover of our government by the Marxist Dems, who run the Democrat Party and, of course, are in league with the deep state. They now have control of the White House, the Congress, the Senate, and when we look back on the efforts to get hearings in courts, the judiciary all the way up to the Supreme Court is predominantly leftist. Whether their rulings, the cases they decline, the cases they accept, or the fact that President Trump can't hire a major law firm because those law firms would lose big corporate clients, government clients, and that leaves a former president without first-class representation. The Marxist dim corruption of the legal system is now almost complete. But there are still faint signs of life in the judiciary, even in Pennsylvania, where Fulton County has sued Dominion voting systems for alleged severe anomalies 
in the 2020 election. Dominion denies any suggestion of failure or fraud. And last week on Bannon's War Room, Jeffrey Clark reported that the Center for Renewing America had sent out FOIA requests to 12 U.S. attorneys on DOJ investigations into battleground state elections. Eleven came back with no documents, no investigations, contradicting former Attorney General Bill Barr's statement a month after the election that the DOJ had no evidence of corruption because, apparently, they didn't investigate. I would point out that I've said all along that Barr was lying because there were no reports from DOJ, no conclusions offered to the public, really no time in which to have carried out a meaningful investigation when he made that big but empty announcement. He was doing the establishment's bidding, trying to calm troubled waters, troubled because many Americans, if not most, thought that the election of 2020 had been rigged. And in the end, Barr just made it all worse. No secret, Biden is bonkers, his White House wacko, and his entire administration is simply mad. His administration is around the bend, and there's no help in sight until November 8. And a big GOP win will still take two months to take effect with committees to investigate, appropriations to roll back, a lot to do. Well, joining us to take up all of this is Steve Bannon, host of Steve Bannon's War Room, 10 a.m. to 12 every day. Steve Bannon, great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. Thanks for joining us. We're watching a government that is rolling out new Marxist programs every day. Let's start with your reactions to just these atmospherics, if you will. It's the uh, dying gasp of a regime in, in collapse, which you're right. On the on the way down, they're doing, I mean, from the trillion dollar transfer of debt from the, the woke, you know, graduate students to uh, deadbeats to working class people to the increasing the invasion of the southern border to more involvement in the Ukraine, so more escalation in the Ukraine situation to, you know, right now trying to spend a couple of trillion dollars in discretionary spending with a new CR that we got to print money for. So they're going to turn upside down everything Powell's doing. It's a, it's a, it's a calamity, a calamity. It's a, it's a look, elections have consequences. Stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. We're seeing the catastrophic consequences of the loo. And what we got to do is stop it. One way to stop it is beat it. And we got to beat it. So to me, it's pretty straightforward. And they're, they're, if you think they're crazed now, as we had the great Russ vote, you know, the former OMB head under Trump, sure. President Trump. Right. Uh, if people think they've seen crazy right now, wait till we beat them on November 8th, and you're going to see a lame duck that is going to set new records for insanity. So people should understand, we've got the fight of our life ahead of us to, to, to go through all the stuff they're going to try to do to steal this thing, to win on November 8th in overwhelming numbers, then to basically do a lockdown so they can't you know, do all sorts of crazy in the lame duck and then get enough steely, you know, get enough people with spine that we take over. People who put their trust in us know that we're going to govern and going to govern toughly. So people should understand between now and Christmas is going to be some of the most intense uh, political uh, combat uh, in modern American history. Yeah, I, I believe that combat is is fully underway. Uh, when you have a, a president who is uh, carrying out all of these initiatives, including the, the wide open border and sta sitting in front of cameras saying, you know, uh, this is a different situation. He talks nonsense. He doesn't know where he is. He trottles off. Uh, 
to God knows where after an interview. He's lost. And no one says a word. That's one of the things that fascinates me right now in this is that the corporatist, the, the corporatist media in this country is fully in league with the idea that an impaired, compromised puppet president is perfectly acceptable. And the, they even know when in the White House press corps that Biden says that we're not going to invade Taiwan, the pandemic is over. They instinctively, reflexively comprehend that some junior White House staffer can come out and say, no, that isn't true. Uh, and they listen to the junior staffer at the White House rather than the president of the United States. What do you think? I mean, look, the, the coverage is, and, and you notice, Lou, they don't really have what I call even the starters covering the White House anymore. There's no real big names of the White House correspondents anymore. They really basically have second and third tier people because they understand, they even understand what's coming out of the White House is all gobbledygook, right? And it's and Biden is spinning. But I want to be very specific with something that's disturbing that's happened. When you talk about corporatist media, your former, in fact, I would say you're one of the guys that made CNN a brand during those years when it actually <laughs> actually presented news and not opinion right. 24 hours a day. They just announced Jake Capper is taking they're, – they're putting Jake Capper in a new 9 o'clock show just between now and Election Day uh, for news coverage. You know, he's going to be the anchor, I think, moving Anderson Cooper to another time slot. I think that Don Lemon is Don Lemon go to the morning. But Jake Capper uh, just said in an interview with Mediaite 72 hours ago, that MAGA and everybody that questions the 2020 election is a cancer inside the Republican Party that has to be cut out. Now, and he's also intruded in the Pennsylvania's governor's race, where he defended Josh Shapiro sending his kids to an elite uh, Jewish school or Hebrew school. He comes in and basically defends him and says, oh, the school's not that elitist, when Master is saying, hey, there's kids in Philadelphia getting shot in public schools. Josh Shapiro's attorney general doesn't care because he's a racist. And he sends his kids to an elite school. This is my point. They are so actively, it's not some on the scale. I mean, they're an active participant. This is why I call them the opposition party. But the thing at CNN, who's supposed to be Dr. Malone, some John Malone, supposed to be cleaning it up. Well, Jake Tapper now, who thinks, and to think about it, who could say that thinks MAGA, with all the patriots, you know, the deplorables, with all the patriots and veterans, everything we've done for the country, it's a cancer inside the Republican Party has to be cut out. Blue, that's where we are today with the corporatist media. Right. And CNN, by the way, is, you know, they're just pulling everybody's leg. Uh, they're jerking everybody around. Uh, because when Lick says, uh, is that the way you say his name? Lick? Like? Uh, I think it is. I think it's, I think it's Chris. I think it's Chris Lick. I think that's it's, at least that's yeah. what people have told me it's pronounced. Anyway, the guy says that we're going to put move this thing to the center. It's going to be an independent, objective news gathering. It's going to be CNN nineteen. you're not buying that. Are you that cynical? No. You're not buying that, Lou. <laughs> not where they put Jake Tapper at nine o'clock. I'm not. They, they, you know, he's he's gone through every left wing uh, indoctrination course there is. He's ready. He's armed, uh, and he's on fire. It's uh, it's this is ridiculous. Uh, they moved Don Lemon to the mornings. I mean, somebody has to suffer in the opinion of CNN. And therefore, they've done enough harm to the prime time. They're going to just go out and punish those morning viewers as, as best they can. Oh, my Lord. It's, it's incredible.
but going from the corporate media to what they're trying, uh, they say, to cover, uh, we're looking at an election that uh, there's media-based polls, for some reason, see huge numbers for Joe Biden. Uh, they they even have his approval rating higher, but the the respected polls, those that are the most accurate over the last three four cycles of uh, of elections, uh, this is this thing looks like this wave is still in place despite the bombardment from the left and from every from every corner. Lou, as usual, you brought up the key point and a brilliant point, and I want to we're going to talk about this uh, on our show today and tomorrow. The um, what happened with the media hyping his little, you know spending bills, which are just you know paying off donors because they know they're going to get kicked out. So Mansion comes up with these spending bills. all this thing, the media hyping it, and, and they hyping you know the 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 uh, Roe v. Wade and all these things. It's you're the woman; they're all going to turn out all that hype. In August, they had a slight surge, but they didn't put us away. In fact, it was only a glancing blow. And the key drivers, remember, every election is about what I call an issue set and then the electorate you can bring around that issue set. And right now, NBC is reporting that the NBC News, by the way, that the Republicans are plus 36 percent on border security. I think plus 23 percent on crime, plus 19 percent on immigration, plus 19 percent on the economy, plus 14 percent on handling inflation and cost of living. And wait for it, plus 6% on bringing the country together in unity. Uh, it, the issue set that's driving people now, the economy, inflation, jobs, because the layoffs are starting, uh, obviously energy costs, um, you know, crime, which is out of control, border security, some DeSantis did the brilliant stroke of Martha's Vineyard, immigration, those are all our issues. And we don't, we're not winning by a couple of points, we're winning by historic margins. This is why you're seeing right now these house races at least 20, I think it could be 40, maybe 50 or more if people do their work and things break their way. You know, pick up, hold the seats in the Senate that we got to hold, pick up three or four, win a bunch of big governorships. And, and, and from the school board level to state, I think we could flip Minnesota. There's a couple of state legislatures we could flip. So right now, Lou, if we do our job, the, the, we got the wind to the back uh, on all the issues set. We got the electorate. We just got to get people out to vote. Lou, this could be pretty historic if we get our job done right now. I think we could still have a shot to destroy the Democratic Party as a national political institution. Now, let me caveat that with, you know, he says the other day, as you mentioned so brilliantly, he says the pandemic's over in 60 minutes. He's got a junior staffer that reverses that the next day, but we still have the emergency order out there. You know, so who knows what 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 they're going to try to pull. They're not going to give up this power they have of both houses of Congress in the presidency lightly, so people should stand by and get ready to hunker down. Well, the Susan Rice campaign truth, <laughs> truth squad is in full motion now. Uh, they're turning the federal government workforce into get out the vote uh, uh, drivers uh, for all of the Democrats, wherever they can find them or anyone they can at least uh, establish as Democrats. Uh, it, we're watching a, a government that still will not reveal to the Congress of the United States what all the initiatives are that she has put together, along with, of course, with her good friend, Barack Obama and others. Uh, it, it's it's crazy what we're watching. There's one there's on the surface. There is uh, Jean Pierre, Corinne Jean Pierre, 
uh, as the press secretary, but behind her, there is nothing but darkness. There is no, there is no one who can see into transparently into that White House, and it's crazy. Uh, what do you think we're going to see unveiled? Do you have any inkling? Well, uh, but, hold on, but I tell you one thing you bring up, which I'm not sure many American people are, are familiar with. He's signing the executive order a while ago that basically essentially weaponized the first time ever. And, of course, they're using the thing. This is the pandemic emergency measures. They're using the pandemic that every, I think it's 600 government agencies, institutions, affiliations right. are supposed to be active in voter registration and getting out to vote. This is the administrative state's own thing. People don't know, Lou, I think the details, this executive order. I bring this point up to show the, the levels they will go to to make sure they cling to power. So people just get, look, the way to combat it is, the, I think, the model we used down at the Commonwealth of Virginia for Youngkin. We had between MAGA and, of course, the, the mothers in, in, the, in, the, in the districts, we had 95% participation in election poll workers, not watchers, but poll workers and election officials and judges that got inside the room, 95%. In the right. presidential election of 2020, we had 26%. In the last gubernatorial, four years ago, we had 25%. MAGA basically came out and, and did that, and we made sure we had a free, you know, we had a free and fair election. The New York Times has got a 30-minute video up on their homepage today that goes through the war room and everything we've done in the precinct strategy to get people ready, because they're in meltdown. They go, these people are training people of how to be poll workers and get into room and question ballots. Hell yes, we are. <laughs> We're going to do a lot more training sessions between town election days. So they want democracy, Lou. They're, all they do is yammer about democracy. They're rubbing up on democracy. They're loving some democracy. We're going to give them a full democracy suppository on November 8th. And so it's all people got to understand. Biden's guys will pull every trick in the book. They sign executive orders to empower themselves. They still have emergency powers. That, that, that they, they've said the pandemic's over. Everybody said it's the most an epidemic now, maybe not even that. They've kept the emergency powers. And, hey, you talk about Republican leadership. I don't see any Republicans. I see Lou Dobbs talking about it. I see the war room talking about it, a couple of other guys. But, hey, I don't hear it on Fox, and I'm, I'm not seeing it from Republican leadership saying, hey, we got a problem here. Well, you know, something happened dramatically because Mike, Mike Landell uh, telling me I didn't see it, I didn't witness it, uh, but Tucker Carlson put him on his show to talk about Dominion. Can you believe that? Voting machines and what was happening to Mike Lindell after he's arrested uh, while he's out hunting uh, teal. I, I love the fact that, that that Mike thought he had to explain to me what a teal is. I, I'm, a, I'm a hunter myself, but anyway. Uh, and it, it, and he and his buddy are in the drive-through at Hardee's, and the next thing, there, three cars of FBI agents show up, block him off, and uh, demand his phone. I, I mean, we're this is we're at a we're at a place where it's crazy. Uh, it, it, everything is merging now. Whether it's merging, uh, and we're going to be able from that create a concrete and substantive uh, understanding of what these machines are doing, I don't know. But it's starting to look like that. Fulton County filing a lawsuit against Dominion for various things, including connectivity, uh, failure of some machines. Uh, we're seeing some openings here, aren't we? I definitely. I think that's through the hard work of people that work for, for two years. Look, we're not going to solve the machine problem between now and election day. We just have to understand we're going to have to outvote the money. 
We're going to have to outvote the corruption. We're going to have to outvote the machines. I would love to be able to put it other way. I do think having people volunteer to be judges, election officials, and poll workers inside the room will, 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 will lessen and dampen down any potential stealing they've got. That's what you got to do. But, Lou, I think with the new Congress, we have a real January 6th uh, committee that gets into Ashley Babbitt, gets into the Intel Pelosi head, gets into all of it, FBI involvement, the whole nine yards, exactly what happened, right? Who got killed, who who was let in, all of it. And, and have let them have a ranking member and a minority council, have all of it, including, Lou, I think that we must adjudicate 3 November. We must adjudicate those battleground states like we wanted to on 6 January. We've got to get into the details. I think it's the only way that we really get really get our hands around this, uh, the machines. Like I said, I'm not a machine guy. I'm, I, I know they stole it with mail-in ballots, uh, particularly with the phony signatures. Uh, I, but I do know, and I'm strongly a strong proponent, we got to go to the French system. My God, if the French can do it, and basically precinct by precinct, have a, you know one-day voting, all paper ballots, and the French are by 8 o'clock sending it up to uh, Central Command, and by 10 o'clock they're announcing the winner, we got to get to that system. The United States has got to get there. And, Lou, I hope that uh, this is a springboard for us to do it. Well, I have to say that uh, Mexico does a great job, too. And right right down the border way is uh, Mexico, and they're carrying off uh, elections with integrity. Uh, and I just think it's amazing that here we are, supposedly the most advanced nation on Earth, and we have a screw-up and a corrupt government that uh, won't reach into the innards well, of our electoral well, system. They, they, won't, they, won't, they won't fix it. We're, we're going to have to The reason it's screwed up is they want to be screwed up. I, let me exactly. repeat this, and I mean this to the, to, 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 to the marrow of my bones. Democrats cannot win if they don't steal and cheat. That, it's obvious, right? That, that with the big cities and everything that's going on, we know that. It's incumbent upon us now to thwart that, to make sure that we get the House, the Senate, the governorships is going to take a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of fights, a lot of contention. We've got to do it. And then when we're in power, we need to use power. And we need first thing we need to do is get these elections squared away. And we need to do that, I think, by stripping out the machines and going to paper ballots. I'm a one-day vote on game day. But if you still have to have early voting, it's got to be very tightly monitored. It's got to be paper ballots. And the paper ballots got to be counted. And by the way, have Democrats. Have it should be a civic like it is in France. All the parties participate. It's not one party. That counts the votes, and so let's do it that way. And 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 I know that in a free, fair, transparent election, MAGA wins. I think so too. And uh, by the, by the way, Delaware, a judge has just uh, dismissed. There will be no uh, mail-in ballots uh, for uh, for this upcoming election. You know, I keep hearing these jurisdictions and secretaries of state saying, "Well, we got it fixed, but we can't have it ready by uh, November 8th. Uh, Delaware, of all states outlawing mail-in balloting and they said including this this time around no bull about it i mean i think that's a heck of a development don't you well it's by the way lou in most states i mean in pennsylvania it's still against the constitution the, the appellate court you know the court of appeals the, what they call the commonwealth court court ruled that six months ago that it's a, still a festering sore the governor it's still it's it's black letter law not constitutional in they didn't change the Constitution. Only the Constitution can change it. So they're still having a dogfight there over 2020. I think we're going to get to the bottom of it. They're still going to have huge mail-in ballots this time. 
If you look at most of these states, most of these states don't allow mail-in ballots because of the Constitution. I think it's a Delaware situation. So we have to enforce that. I, I think the, having these machines, and I, I've, I've never figured, I've now had people look at the technology of the machines, Lou, and they say, why is it any more complicated than just a money counter in Vegas, which, as you know, is what the Vegas guys do to make sure that you have a, a real clean count. Right. The, these, these machines are incredibly complicated, and they're programmable. It's like, why do you need to do that? This is, should be fairly simple. Even if you use a machine, it should be fairly straightforward. It just turns out it's not. So, look, the reason elections are screwed up on their administration is because Democrats want that. They know they need that kind of chaos for them to steal, and that's what we have to sort out after we win. Well, I think we, we're getting very close to sorting it out because we're starting to see some uh, sunlight penetrate those black boxes. Uh, we, you know, Most people don't realize there are three companies, and they're all private companies, Steve. Don't you find this interesting? Three companies are the principal electronic voting companies in this country. They handle, they process 92% of the vote in this country. They are Hart, they are ESNS, and they are Dominion. Those three companies. And do you know there's no oversight? Uh, they claim that there's oversight, but the SIFA uh, and, and all of these other agencies are nothing more than functionaries. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an absurdity that we don't know what's going on in those boxes. Uh, what, what do you think? I wonder what the reason is that those companies are all private companies, Steve. Can you imagine? Well, I, reason? Think, I, think, I think they're private because I don't think it's that big a business. I don't think there's a, a demand to, to take them public. Remember, public, public you have to have, first off, you can't be swapping lawsuits all the time or controversy, as you know, being covering markets right. from the years. The others, you gotta, you got to be able to show companies that small had to be a show of rapid growth. I just don't think it's I've always thought it is odd, and particularly who the investors are in this company, it's just not a great even private equity investment. These are companies that at least looks on the outside. We haven't seen the internal numbers. You just don't figure out where, where's the where's the squeeze in the lemon, right? So it's always <laughs> shocked me as a former investment banker. In, in look, I I don't know because like I said, I'm not a machine guy. They say it's in Venezuela. They were too, hey, I don't know because I, I don't know the companies that well. But I always felt it was odd. You couldn't get them public because they're just not big enough. And the and the in the investment story is not interesting enough, given it looks like just the lack of growth. So and also the controversies, county by county. So it's, it doesn't look like it's been a great investment. It always looks kind of screwy to me. My point is that not in not not picking on them individually, I just think we need to go to a system like France has, which seems to have a limited amount of controversy. That's what we need to go to. The reason people don't do it is pretty obvious to me. Democrats like the chaos. They, they like this. They thrive, particularly in big cities. You look at uh, Trump's, uh, you look at the steal in 2020, it's pretty obvious it came out of Philadelphia and Atlanta and Detroit and Milwaukee and Phoenix, right? He's big in, in, in Las Vegas. The Democrats control these big cities, uh, except for Phoenix, which is obviously controlled by uh, by the uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Republican, right. which is established from the King Republican. But the rest, they thrive on chaos. It's uh, and chaos they can create. I want to ask you just a couple quick questions here on some of the cultural issues that I that I think are kind of fascinating. Word today that the Air Force as gender-inclusive training. Now, I knew the Navy had gone this way. I didn't realize the Air Force. But even to this point, the Air Force, their gender-inclusive training 
ordering cadets not to use the words mom and dad and only gender neutral pronouns. Where where are we now, Steve? Where are we when our military is playing these kinds of games? Look, uh, my daughter went to West Point. I think West Point may be as bad, Lou, and I'm a former naval officer in the academies. Look, this is why November 8th. So this this is absurd. It's obscene. And particularly talking about the threat we have right now of a blockade, either air and naval blockade around Taiwan or having to fight in the South China Sea in a kinetic war. It's an obscenity what they're doing to the service academies. And this is one of the reasons that the, the, the recruiting in the Army is so bad. It's not the kids are obese or play video games. That's a part of it. But we've dealt with that for the last, what, 20 or 30 years. It's because... Parents don't want to send their kids into this thing that's a woke military with like General Milley and these guys that say the biggest threat in the country is, you know, white Christian domestic terrorists. So people just don't want it. But it, it is that story is so shocking. But I think you're going to find out the other service academies are just as bad. We just have to clean it out. We've got to, oh, yeah. we've got to win to take this on. But it, it's a disgrace what is happening at the Air Force Academy at West Point and the Naval Academy. And apparently not a single Air Force general said, you know, this is a really bad idea. And I'm going to fight you tooth and nail because it's just wrong. And it's Marxist. It's anti-family. It is anti-America. But we don't seem to have that kind of officer, general staff officer anymore, do we? That in and of itself is a huge problem. But you mentioned recruiting. We're looking at the the army is is down. It's going to be over forty. It's going to miss its uh, recruiting goals by about forty percent. There's a reason for it, but the spin that the Pentagon puts on this this one is the reason they're not able to bring in some of these people is because women are worried about being on a base in a state that has banned abortion. Can you believe that? Working in the ideological fervor uh, of the left. I, this is insane that that it's it's penetrated every corner and crevice of the Pentagon. No, and it's obvious the reason they can't recruit people. And you're right, the army said forty percent of their uh, of their goal, which means you can't staff up infantry units, is because simply for the fact, particularly in the South, which is still the bulk of of of, of individuals in combat units, the parents are just not going to send them. When at the service academies, you can't say parent, mom, and dad. you got to say some other pronoun. It's not going to happen. They're not going to put their kids in harm's way under the leadership you're seeing from uh, the Biden regime. It's not going to happen. And, of course, they're going to blame it on everything. They're going to blame it on, yes, you're going to blame it on abortion or it's climate change. Whatever their ideology, their ideology is, they're going to blame it. It's complete nonsense, and it will get cleaned up. We'll get to those goals as soon as we – take charge here in 2022, and quite frankly, return Trump to the White House in 2024. Wouldn't it be something to to see this, uh, see the president get back in charge? Uh, it's just, can you imagine being a European right now saying, oh, good, I, we're members of the free world, whatever the country is, and we've got, and we can follow Joe Biden. Right, right into Moscow if we have to. We're in a nuclear war. Uh, you know, Slim Pickens and uh, Dr. Strangelove famously saying toe to toe in nuclear combat with the Ruskies. I mean, these we've got people crazed out of their mind uh, talking about war. And the, by the way, I'm talking about the president of the United States, one Joe Biden standing before the United Nations, talking like he was the biggest hawk in history. Uh, he's paying off somebody, brother. 
Well, I want to break the news here that my number one draft pick for Secretary of State when Trump returns to the White House is one Lou Dobbs. Because I think what (laughs) – I'm serious. I think what some foreign governments need is some Lou Dobbs in their grill every day, right? That with the, with talking to uh, talking to President Trump, getting the update, and then Lou Dobbs going about and banging some heads. The CCP would not be disrespecting Lou Dobbs like they do Tony Blinken. Uh, the Russians would not not be in Ukraine and Eastern Russia speaking Ukraine if Lou Dobbs is on point. So no, I can't wait till Trump returns. And Lou, quite frankly, I think I'm going to reach out and get television rights to your confirmation hearing. <laughs> Well, I, I don't think you even need those rights, but uh, you're going to have a hard time finding me for that job. I'm, uh, I, I have to say. I, hold it, hold it. Yeah, I know, hold it, stop. I know who makes decisions in the Dobbs household. I know, I know where to, I know where to call, I know where to call them with a plan. So that's. Yeah, yes, you're, you're right about that. I'm going to cut some phone lines too. I just, you know, as I once told you in all seriousness years ago, I wouldn't make a good politician, and I'd probably make a worse bureaucrat. So I, I, I think I'll just stick with where, uh, where life has landed. I don't know, me. Lou. I think you're, I think you're a pretty good leader in that. So I think we need, I think we need leaders right now. So you're not a politician. That's okay. no doubt you're not a politician. But you know what? Either is Donald Trump, and that's why he's a great leader. Now why did, why did you chuckle when you said I'm not a politician? Come on. Well, you know the problem with, <laughs> yeah. You know, if your state yeah, well, department, people should know. People should hold. On, people should know. Years ago, I tried to talk Lou Dobbs into running for president. And they told me categorically he's not a politician. So, Lou, but well, you, Lou, I, no, seriously, I, you've been listen. People and Trump will tell you. Most of the stuff, and myself, of, of trade and China and all that, we got that from watching Lou Dobbs for twenty and thirty well, years. Well, you've nailed it. You've nailed it one hundred percent. I got to tell you, if you told the Chinese Communist Party that Lou Dobbs is going to be Secretary of State. And he's going to lead the negotiations on the next China trade deal, right? There wouldn't be there would be there be some long faces. They'd be talking about decoupling very quickly in Beijing. They said this is not going to work. Got Trump. They got Lou Dobbs. They got Don Peter Navarro. Are you kidding me? They said no. We're just, we're just decoupled right now. No need for talk. Steve Schwarzman and all the boys on Wall Street are trying to invest all of Americans' money in China. It would just be catatonic. That's worth my thinking about it, I'll tell you. But yeah, no, you think Larry, problem, no, no, you think Larry Fink you think Larry Fink would like to hear Schwartzman and Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio would love to hear the Lou Dobbs is going to lead the negotiations uh, on the next China trade and talk about and talk about getting American pension fund and American veterans and military's money out of these uh, you know Chinese Communist Party state owned industries. So I think it, we need that. That's the kind of that's the kind of change you need in the next administration. You, you know, you're, you mentioned being an investment banker in your former life. What is your thought about the idea that these firms, many of them, and I'm talking about many of them, it's not, it's not just a, one sector of Wall Street, many of them are bringing in American money, and they're telling them, they're investors, the, the, the sell side is pushing money toward China. While we're in a, a, a an existential contest uh, with the CCP, there's no doubt of it. What is and, and they do it ball faced. They're doing it right out in the open, in front of God and everyone. Uh, it'll be as close well, to God what as they get. With the, listen, where we tried to have um, executive orders, and tried to remember they had the the investment board to make sure that the military's pension funds were not invested. Larry Fink, people should understand the lobbying efforts that go on oh, by right. the major Wall Street firms and money managers 
to make sure that we don't take the that we we limit the Chinese Communist Party's access to American capital markets is is incredible. If you're an entrepreneur in the United States, you have less of ability to get private equity funding, venture capital funding, or hedge fund funding than you do if you were uh, a member of the CCP in mainland China and had a company that was backed by the CCP. That's how bad it is. You have a higher probability of getting of getting um, of getting access to capital. That's how bad it is. And we know that if we cut the Chinese Communist Party off from both debt and equity access to debt and equity markets in the United States, they would choke down in about 90 days. Their mother's milk is American capital, principally from the pension funds of middle class and working class Americans. That's the tragedy here. Is that the Larry thinks, and particularly guys like Ray Dalio, you know, make a living off this? And uh, I just want to sort of close out, if we can, with this: uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has done what President Trump wanted to do, uh, and uh, even while he marched right up to declaring war, uh, President Trump did on the cartels. Uh, Texas governor has designated the Mexican drug cartels as terrorist organizations. I I think that is extraordinary, and I commend uh, Governor Abbott, uh, as I do so often, uh, for his actions. But this is so critically important that he's done this. Y- your thoughts, Steve? It's a huge, we should do it, and we're going to do it, Lou, when we get back in. You've got to go to war with the cartels. Mexico uh, with so many great people down there, most of the country is part of a failed narco state, and that narco state is now in the Rio Grande Valley and in South Texas. And this is why so many hardworking Hispanic Americans are voting for us this time. Remember the Las Vegas Review just did a poll, came out this morning with an analysis that said, hey, uh, Laxalt and the gubernatorial candidate for the Republicans are up. Looks like they could possibly win. And this comes down to the fact that they said the Democratic Party made a bet on essentially college-educated white women, and the Republican Party made a bet on working-class Hispanics, talking about border security, immigration, jobs, no inflation, right. and it looks like we won. And, and, and this gets to the part of what Abbott and these guys are doing uh, in DeSantis. We have, if we can deliver for Hispanic Americans, this is the biggest game change of 2022. African Americans will follow. We're going to run the tables in the Republican Party. But, Lou, we'll come back on and talk about leadership. We're going to have to deliver. People are putting our, they've had enough of this madness. They're going to tell us they've had enough of this madness, but they're going to want people to deliver. They, the happy talk is over, and that's why what Abbott's doing with the cartels, we need more of that every day of the week. Absolutely. And leaders like Greg Abbott. As always, Steve, we appreciate you being with us here. We uh, watch you every day and uh, uh, always, always enjoy the war room. Uh, and by the way, for everyone listening, please save yourself uh, the time, uh, the, uh, the the disappointment, the angst. Don't bother tuning in to those CNN morning shows. Tune in instead <laughs> to Steve Bannon and the don't War watch, Room. Don't watch. Don't watch Don Lemon. Watch Steve Bannon. Well, I, Thank you. Lou. I didn't I want to that. use any names, <laughs> but <laughs> if he happens to be on those day parts, avoid him at all costs. Tune in to Steve Bannon's yeah, Room. Let me, let me, let me, yeah, I absolutely love, I love, uh, I love the Great America Show. That it's one of the best. I love coming on as a guest, and we love having you on the War Room. So thank you so much for thinking of us. Appreciate it, Steve, uh, and God bless you for all you do. Thank you, brother.
Steve Bannon, 10 a.m. to 12 each weekday. Thanks, everybody, for being with us here tomorrow. Our guest is attorney Kurt Olson, also a former SEAL. He's represented President Trump. And now MyPillow's Mike Lindell filing suit against Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray. That's tomorrow here on The Great America Show. Please join us. Till then, God bless you and may God bless America.